0: Welcome to another Solid Rock Church podcast by Bishop Larry Ragland, Senior Pastor of Solid Rock Church. For more information and content, please visit SolidRockChurch.com. We hope that you enjoy this podcast and you have a blessed day.
1: I want to say a few things to you. I want to make some declarations over you before I get into this. Can I declare some things over you? Can I speak some things over you? Can I speak some things over your family? Can I speak some things over my family? Can I speak some things over our church family? Can I speak some things over the church in general? Can I speak some things over this nation? Can you hear me? Is this microphone working? Can I speak? Can I make some declarations over your loved ones? I wanna say something, y'all know I talk about the remnant. I need, I'm talking about hair, y'all know what a hair is? I need a hair of my voice on this monitor. A hair, pull one of your hairs out and stick it there and move it up to it, that's a hair. Hallelujah, look at that, see they know what a hair, that's a hair, that's a perfect hair. Y'all are so awesome. Let's give the Lord a praise for our media team. They pulled me up a hair, y'all. And I ain't got many left. Before I say something over you in general, to to you directly, over your family directly, I want to say something over what you're a part of. It's called the remnant. It's not a cliche that's been worn out. It is a very real thing that you need to get in your spirit. I'm not going to stop talking about it. I don't care how many times you've heard me say the remnant is rising. I don't care how many times you've heard me talk about the remnant. I'm not going to stop talking about it until God says I'm through with that vein in you. But I'm in a vein right now, and God's telling me I'm supposed to talk about it. Because I say this humbly. I don't say this uh, uh, proud or cocky. This is not one of them uh, full of myself statements. Here, I'm just going to say, I know that God has called me to be a voice in the remnant. Okay? So I'm I'm not going to apologize for it. I've said it before, I'm going to say it again. Sometimes repetition is needed before it will get in your spirit. The remnant is small. The remnant is powerful. The remnant is not my imagination. The remnant is not your imagination. The remnant is not hype. The remnant is real. The remnant is not coming. The remnant is here. Revival is not coming. Revival is here. Tired of talking about something coming. It's not coming anymore, y'all. It is here. The end times is not coming. The end times are here. The last generation is not coming. The last generation is here. The remnant is not in a house somewhere. The remnant is in this house today. Somebody shout, I am remnant. Do you understand what shout means? Somebody shout, I am remnant. From the, I'm talking about if the man can preach like he just did, he didn't even have a voice, and you want a patty cake with your shout. Shout from the with the voice of trying, I am remnant. Praise team, You ain't, ex- you ain't exempt. I shout, I am, I am remnant. I told y'all last week on that Saturday night of Dominion Camp meeting that God dropped a word in my spirit. He said, I'm bringing all things full circle. You can see on the screen, that's the title of this series. It's part two called Full Circle. Everybody say Full Circle. Part two is called The Adam Mantle. You'll understand that in just a minute. I'm bringing all things full circle. But now, before I get into that, I need to speak some things over you. I need to get some things in you. You need to leave here today with what I'm about to say inside of you. Written on the tablets of your heart, carved into the grooves of your brain. If you receive it, shall I receive it? Get off your phone. Put it down. You don't need to check your Facebook or your Twitter. You don't need to send a text to anybody right now. Shut down everything and give me five minutes. Will you give me five minutes where you will hear what I'm saying Till you shout amen? Here it is. It's not deep, but it is profound for you. Number one, God said to tell you this morning that you need and it's very, listen, I got to say this. I got to qualify this. I know it ain't an easy thing for somebody to tell you, you need to do this. You need to do it. Because I understand when, the, when, the, when the, the bottom line comes, I ain't got the right to tell you do anything. You're going to do what you're going to do anyway. But if I'm your pastor, you've given me a voice in your life. So when I say something from this pulpit and under this anointing in this mantle, you need... Watch offense. Guard yourself against offense. Don't bow up immediately and say, well, bless God, you can't tell me what to do. You've already, you've already exempted yourself from, what, from receiving. You just shouted that you would receive and you just shut down your reception. So when you hear me say you need or you need to or I'm telling you to do this, I'm telling you because as your shepherd and pastor, I know. Everybody that's under me and everybody that's connected with me needs to do this. Now, one more time. Are you ready to receive it? Shout amen. amen. Number one, you need to take ownership of this moment. I have taken ownership of the moment that God has called me to. Not fully, because I'm, I'm not fully there. But I understand in order for me to do what God has called me to do, I've got to take ownership of this moment. It is time for you to take ownership of this moment. Of your moment. You have a moment. Somebody shout, this is my moment. I Wait a minute. I know it's not about you. But you are the hands and feet of God. You are the mouthpiece of God. You are His representative. You are His ambassador. That's why our college is called Ambassadors College. That's why our network is called Ambassadors Network. Because we realize that we represent the King and the kingdom. Now, if you receive what I just said to you, repeat after me. I take ownership of this moment. I want everyone in this room to take stock of your life. I want you to know that there are not... (laughs) I know, I want you to know. These are things that I typed as God was speaking to me. I want you to know that there are not many voices like yours left. You may not think much of yourself. But you need to know that God thinks greatly of you. If all you are doing is gathering, if all you are doing is praising, if all you are doing is praying, if all you are doing is just showing up, you are doing more than 65 to 70 percent of people who call themselves Christians today. And by the way, don't take that if, all, if that's all you're doing is a little thing because if you're praying that's a big thing if you're attending that's a big thing if you're praising that's a big thing if you're showing up that's a huge thing I want you to know that there are not many voices like yours left I want you to know that in the spirit realm in your home in your family in your marriage with your children and in this nation and in this world A line is being drawn in the sand. I want you to know that I am determined to take you with me everywhere I go. I want you to know that my voice is your voice. Thank you, CJ. I want you to know that your voice is my voice. This is a two-way street, y'all. My voice is not just your voice. Your voice is my voice. When you post, when you make videos, when you preach, when you win somebody to Christ, I stick my chest out because I realize that God just used me. When he used you and when God, when you see God using me, you ought to stick your chest out and say, God just used me because if he used my pastor, he's using me because my prayers are covering my pastor. My faithfulness are encouraging my pastor. My amens and my shouts are feeding my pastor. So anything I see God doing in my pastor, thank you Lord that you're doing it in my life. I want you to know nothing in the world makes me prouder and stick my chest out and just cry and weep and praise God is when I see God using you. If my voice is your voice and your voice is my voice, then our voice is the voice of God. We are the voice of God. We are. We're not God. We're not little gods. It's not what I'm saying. Your your words are not more powerful than His words. But when our words are His words. When our words are His words. Our words become His voice. If you don't speak it, who's going to speak it? If you don't live it, who's going to live it? If you don't stand, who's going to stand? Look at your neighbor and tell them, your voice is my voice. voice. Look at somebody else and tell them, my voice is your voice. 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 Shout, "I I am remnant. I just like hearing that. I want you to know that even as we speak, the world is ramping up the next wave. COVID. I'm telling you right now, in my world, COVID is worse than the F word. I hate saying, I hate hearing people say COVID more than I even hate them saying the F word. Cause the the C word is doing more damage than the F word. People ain't even phased by the F word anymore. Am I preaching good? How many of those, you used to cringe when you would hear it. Now you'll sit through a movie and hear 50 of them. But you hear COVID as touched your, you hear your sister been diagnosed with COVID. You get diagnosed with COVID. And your whole world shuts down. You want to go nowhere? You don't want to see nobody? You want nobody seeing you? Oh, it's getting quiet in here. See, I can feel the spirit ram, y'all, and I can feel y'all was hyped, and all of a sudden I just got hit with some junk. Because people don't like what I'm saying. I've said it before, and I'm going to say it again. COVID is real, COVID is a disease, COVID is a virus, but COVID is a tool. And if you don't see it, you are blind. You are spiritually blind. And thank God you got a pastor that's going to try his best to open your eyes. Because I ain't playing this game. This fall, I know what's coming. And I ain't playing their game. I'm going to be safe. I ain't going to be stupid. I ain't going to lick a doorknob. If I see you take a drink or something, I ain't going to grab it and take a drink after you. If I go in to check up for the doctor. I see people going. Oh, oh, oh. And opening the door. I'm opening the door like this. That ain't a lack of faith. That's just being smart. But I see what's happening. COVID is being ramped up again. Oh, but then you got monkeypox. Let me tell you something about monkeypox. Are y'all ready? Monkeypox, this week, three days ago, the World Health Organization, I don't know that dude's name, but if you saw his face, you'd know him because he's the one that was the face of the World Health Organization during all this stuff that went on about two and a half, three years ago. He came on and he said, due to the overwhelming evidence, I'm quoting, I have now declared, we see evidence so that I can now declare that monkeypox, listen to the wording, is now a global health emergency. I went back and looked at it. They are the same, that is the same exact wording that was used by the World Health Organization at the end of 2019, beginning of 2020. Same exact words. So when it's declared a global health emergency, the next thing that happens is the nations follow suit, and the CDC and whatever the nation's uh, government, they follow suit, they declare it emergency, the next thing that happens, it takes over. Ooh, I don't know if y'all can handle this next part. By the way, AIDS still exists. Okay? All right? Back in the 80s, AIDS came on the scene. When AIDS came on the scene, you'll remember it. Nobody knew how to handle it. Nobody ever seen anything like it. And the main thing that was the big thing that was about AIDS is that it was happening in the male gay community. I'm I'm talking real. Okay, I'm not saying anything except historical fact. Okay, so of course then it moved into transmission from blood. It moved into transmission from heterosexual sex. But it started there. Started there. Okay. What no one is saying on the news, I'm going to say in this pulpit. I'm going to say it. And I'm telling you what I'm about to say is not... Hearsay, it is not, it is not my opinion. It is scientific fact what I'm about to say. 99 point, probably even 8%, but 99% for sure, this is the term, 99% of people in the entire world that have monkeypox right now are gay men. 99% of them. This morning, it was the big news this morning that two children have been diagnosed with monkeypox. One on the west coast and one on the east coast. The picture was this child who had the bumps all over his face. And it said two children now have been diagnosed with monkeypox. That was the, it is now affecting our children. But as you read into the article, way down in the article, it says both of these children our children, uh, this is how they were this is Associated Press, our children, both of them of men who engage in an active male gay lifestyle that has now affected the children. How long will we continue to think that our sins are not going to affect our children? And how long is the church going to be afraid to speak up? I have had enough. Every single thing we are facing right now, they are using the children to promote it. Everything. Because they know that's our heartstrings. They were very strategic in posting the pictures of, of that boy and posting a big, bold article, Two Children Now Have Monkey, monkey Pop. To, to put our, heart, our eyes on the children. Alternative lifestyles are being promoted through our children. Drag shows are happening with our children. Our children are being told that they can choose their gender from birth. Our children are being told that they can take puberty blockers, have sex change operations while they're in elementary. And we sit back right now, even right now. I can feel it. I don't need anybody to tell me. I can feel how uncomfortable some of you are about what I'm saying. And the reality is this. The reason we're uncomfortable about it is because we have been conditioned to shut our mouth and get in line. But I'm telling you right now, there is a church that is rising up and saying, I am not sitting in the back of this bus another day. There is a Rosa Parks generation that is happening from within the body of Christ. My God, thank God for Rosa Parks that said, I ain't sitting in the back of this bus anymore. We need the mantle of Rosa Parks on the church. We are the Rosa Parks. We are the Dr. Kings, free at last, free at last. Thank God Almighty. We're free at last. I'm telling you, we are the free to worship God. Children of God. Aren't you afraid you're gonna run some people off in your church? Nope. Because I know the ones that are with me are with me. You ain't got to agree with me all the time. And some of the things I say, you might wholeheartedly disagree with me. But I know the ones that are with me have connected to their pastor. And you know why? Guess here's a here's a strange dynamic. Sometimes you can agree to disagree. Sometimes you don't have to agree with everything to be connected to somebody that you know that God is putting you. Like, I wish I had a church. I wish I had a church. That would help their pastor. I'm sick. I'm sick of this mentality. If you don't line up with me, line upon line, I'm gonna uncrench. I'm gonna preach. Hey. One of the funniest things I'm talking about, I'm, it's funny to me now. And I and I hate it for them, and I'm not laughing at them. I just laugh because I, 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 it's, I have to laugh to keep from crying because it's sad. Here it is. You know, if you ever go on Facebook get ready to post something or you're scrolling through and you're looking, every once in a while it'll, it'll pop up friend suggestions, have the mutual friends and all that. It's amazing to me how, and, and, it's, and it's like you'd think Facebook would figure it out and not do this. It's almost like they're doing it intentionally to try to intimidate you. Because every once in a while I'll be scrolling and there'll be a suggested friend that I thought was my friend. Has anybody ever happened to you? You'd be like, wait a minute. They unfriended me? I thought we were still close. And I, I thought we, I just saw them at Walmart the other day. This are so nice. And I, I tell myself, no, 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 no. This They got locked out. This is a second account. I click on it. It ain't no second account. And here's what gets me. Here's, here's why, here's, this is what. This blows my mind that the mentality of people. Every other person in church is still their friend, including my wife. The, I've shown it to Sandy. I was like, Sandy, what you look at this? They are so eat up. They cannot ha- handle hearing me say anything. They want to stay connected to all y'all. but they can't stand to see me. And I just laugh, and I just laugh. And and not, not laughing at them. I just laugh because I realize what they're saying. But while you're laughing, I want you to ask yourself, why didn't they unfriend you? Why they feel comfortable still looking at your stuff? Well, mm, why are you not making them squirm? I've been telling you that this was coming. For months I've been telling you they're ramping up. For months I've been telling you. That's why I made the declaration that I made. And I want to remake it again right now for all the world to see. And I hope it makes its way all the way up to Dr. Fauci. See that, just saying his name will get you flagged. You can't, You listen, I'm not kidding. I'm learning some stuff on YouTube. If you say his name on YouTube, you get flagged. Just his name. If you say Dr. Fauci, his name, a man, that's all he is. Are you hearing me? That's all he is. Just like me, just like all He's just a human being. But if you say his name and don't say anything else about it, guess what happens to your video? Click here for more information about COVID. You get flagged for disinformation for saying a man's name. Now watch this. You say, well, you got sidetracked. Yeah, I did. Let me go back. Thank you, Lord. I started out talking about AIDS. Now let me show you something about AIDS. Here's the thing about AIDS. I'm not being uncompassionate, but I'm going to tell you something about AIDS. If you'll remember, if you're old enough to remember you'll remember It was the first sickness, virus, disease, or anything, or diagnosis that had ever existed in the history of humanity that got its own civil rights. It got its own civil rights. Do you understand what civil rights means, right? It became a civil rights issue. Here's what happened. It was the only virus. That you, if someone was diagnosed with HIV, and I'm, I don't even know if this one's going to even survive today, but you were forbidden by federal law to tell anyone that that person had HIV, including, listen to me, including the person you were about to marry. Now, they don't even do blood tests anymore. By the way, in case you didn't know it, they don't even do marriage anymore in the state of Alabama. I don't know if you realize, in the state of Alabama, you don't even need a preacher anymore. You can go down to the courthouse, get an application. You and whoever, I start to say you and your husband, you and your wife, but it could be your wife and your wife and your husband and your husband, it don't matter. You and whoever go find you a notary, sign it, get it notarized. Go back to the courthouse, pay eighty-five dollars. You're married. That's all you do in, in the state of Alabama. Now, that's what it takes to get married. So when you see a preacher leading somebody in the vows of a wedding now, I want you to know something in the state of Alabama. Uh, what that means is, it should be even a greater a uh, uh, magnitude to you. Is that that man and that woman has decided? I don't care what has to happen in the state of Alabama. I'm going to stand before God and have God bless my marriage. There's nothing for me to sign anymore. I used to have to sign a marriage certificate. Some of y'all, I did your weddings, I had to sign. I ain't got nothing to sign anymore. Nothing. They've taken, they've literally taken in the state of Alabama and across this country, the preacher completely out, the church completely out of weddings. What I'm trying to say is, back then when me and my wife got married, you used to have a blood test. The reason you, one of the main reasons you no longer have to have a blood test is because of HIV. Because they did not want the responsibility of be, having to be able to carry the knowledge that I have tested your blood and you are positive and, and And we have been forbidden by law to tell this person that you're about to marry, that you have it. So they took themselves completely out of it and said, we're not going to do blood tests anymore. I used to hate needles so much when we first had our blood test. my wife will remember this, they gave me a balloon didn't they? They literally did. They walked in there and said, you did so good and they gave me a balloon. And a sucker. I'll never forget that. They gave me a sucker too. I was so happy. And I got a really cool uh, Scooby-Doo Band-Aid. No, I'm just kidding. No, I'm just kidding. What I'm trying to say is this. That was the groundwork Where we are now. Because now, now we have, because that's the way the devil plays. He works the long game. He'll do one thing knowing I'm doing this so that I can get, not the next generation, but two generations later. I will have a generation that comes after this that will be the one that gets used to this, don't like it, but will tolerate it and then they will teach their next generation this is the way it is so now we have an entire world where you cannot speak against anything that the government in Washington DC says for if you speak against anything which by the way that's what our country was founded on speaking against tyrants and, and I'm not calling everybody in Washington our tyrants, but that's why we have the First Amendment. It ain't just a freedom of speech. It's freedom of religion. It's freedom to worship whoever you want to worship or not worship anybody that you want to worship. But it's also the freedom to say what you want to say. It's quiet in here. Come on. Huh? So, COVID, monkeypox, and listen to me. And the next one, because if you think this is it, if you think all we're going to deal with now is variants of COVID, you are still asleep. Let me wake you up. Let me wake you up this morning. There are dangerous, deadly viruses all over this world, real deal viruses that have existed for hundreds of years that have been maintained at times, isolated at times, and those that want to run everything, those that are doing what they call the Great Reset, which is very real. It's not a conspiracy theory. It's very real. There are billionaires all over this world who are plotting and planning and funding the taking down of every free nation and free-thinking person in the world. It is real. And I ain't got no tenfold hat on. I am your pastor, and I don't say nothing in this sacred thing called the pulpit if I don't know it's true. This pales in comparison to what they really want to release. They want to release viruses that if you get it, you're dead by the end of the day. There are viruses in this world that if you get it, you are dead within hours that exist now, that we know about. What do we not know about? Hmm? So what are you saying, Pastor? Are you saying get ready to die? Well, yeah. You need to be ready to die because when you die, after that's the judgment. But I'm not speaking death on you, okay? I'm speaking we all going to live a long life. Remember the children of Israel, they were dying by the thousands. By a plague that could not be stopped. There was no cure for it. There was no vaccine for it. There was nothing. I just got flagged again. There was no, nothing to stop it. So they thought. But God speaks to his man and says, Whoa, grab the fire off of the altar. Put the fire off of the altar inside the censer. And put it in the hand of Aaron and tell him to run. Tell him don't walk. Tell him don't patty cake. Tell him don't hide. Tell him don't be afraid. He's gonna have to walk through death. He's gonna have to walk through doubt. He's gonna have to run through people falling around him left and right. Tell him don't be sidetracked. Don't look to the left. Don't look to the right. Don't be moved by what you see. Don't be moved by what you hear. Don't stop running till you get out to the edge of the tent. And when you get out to the edge of the tent, Take the fire that you just pulled off of the altar and raise it up against the the pandemic and tell that pandemic, stop it. That's enough. You can't touch God's people. You can't touch God. My family, get your hands off my family. People might be dying all around me, but I got a circle. I got a circle. I'm covered in the blood of Jesus. I plead the blood of Jesus over. I wish I had a church that knew how to shout. I wish I had a church that knew how to fight for the kids. That knew how to fight for their grandbabies. They're going to draw a bloodline around you and say, Devil, you ain't crossing this line. What happened to the people that would plead the blood of Jesus? What happened to the people that would draw the line and tell the devil, you ain't coming over this line? What happened to the church? It's coming. It's upon us. you be smart, you'd be safe, but you be bold. Be bold. Be strong in the Lord in the power of His might. How many times you read in scripture, do not fear, fear not. I'm not giving you a spirit of fear, the power, love, and a sound mind. Oh, I can hear the voices right now. I can, I can hear the voices. And I can feel the prayers of the witches. Oh, yeah, I can. There might be a witch in here right now. If you dab, you're dabbling in witchcraft, do you think you got everybody fooled? God gonna show you. We're gonna cast you out. You can bring your little coven in here. You can pray your little spells over me online. Oh, I feel them. I know what's happening. I'm not blind. I'm awake, I'm not asleep. I can hear those voices. What you gonna do, big boy, when you get COVID? What you gonna do, big boy, if you have to be put in the hospital? Well, number one, I declare that ain't gonna happen, but number two, if it does, I'll speak in tongues in the hospital. When they stick the needle in my arm, try to put a ventilator on me, I'm gonna say, hold up. you sticking that thing down my throat. I'm breathing. I might be having trouble breathing in my lungs, but I'm gonna tell you something right now. I'm, the Holy Spirit, the word spirit means breath. I got some breath. I got some breath. Shandaka talabuka sanda. He ketale bakusanda. He telebakata. He lalabus. Wow! I'm telling you, that's better than any ventilator. speaking tongues in the hospital. I'll get people saved in the hospital. I'll stand up by the hospital bed. i hold up my hand when the doctor comes in, and I'll get the doctor saved. My God, are you hearing me? I'm trying to get to my sermon. I'm just trying to help you. Let me know sometimes you need to sit down in the living room and just hear from your daddy. Sometimes you just need one of them fireside chats, back porch chats. So I used to say, if I was a coffee drinker, but now I'm a coffee drinker. I could say, we can sit, sit on the back porch and drink. We're drinking a cup of spiritual coffee right now. Just sitting on the back porch, there's a breeze coming in. It's beautiful. The sunset's going down, and I'm just speaking into your life. How about that? Does that, does that make you feel more warm and fuzzy right now? Because if you thought that hit you, then this is really going to hit you. Slap your neighbor and tell him, get ready. My pastor ain't playing. Some of y'all took that literally. I just heard some skin pop. It's usually always when that happens, the wives slapping the fire of their husband. A pastor told me to do it. as I said the world health organization this week declared monkeypox as a global health climate or health emergency but watch this do you not understand also that word emergency now is the catchword because when you declare
0: anything
1: as a national emergency some way somewhere somehow i don't know which president first started this cuz it wasn't biden it's this happened and i don't even think it was trump because it would happen before trump Happened with Obama, and have, I think it might have even happened all the way back from Bush. But at some point, some president, somebody advised them that if we just declare something a national emergency, then what that means is we don't even have a constitution anymore. We, emergency powers comes, kicks in, we don't have to wait on the Senate, we don't have to wait on the Congress, we don't have to wait on the Supreme Court, we just get up there in front of a desk and declare something and sign it, and the whole world has to do it. That's fact, what I'm telling you. Every president has done it for several presidencies, but it's really out of control now. Because here's what's happened this week. Now look, this is not a statement against anyone that has any particular types of feelings about uh, uh, climate change used to be called global warming, but they stopped calling it global warming. You know why? Because the wor- the globe is not warming the way they thought it was. They used to call it the hole in the ozone. They stopped calling it that because the hole in the ozone closed up and it's no longer a hole in the ozone. So they, they, they're continuing to change the name of it. But now it's called climate change. Look at your neighbor and tell them, the climate is changing. Climate is changing. That's a fact, right? That's a fact. The climate is always changing. But watch this. Watch what happens. You need to understand whether it is the World Health Organization, whether it is a virus, whether it is climate change, whether it is any of the things that you see, all these are tools being used for one thing, control. Because when they can control you, they can control what you say, what you do, what you believe, where you go. And ultimately, all of it, all of it. If you believe the Word of God, do you believe the Word of God? you got to understand You have to understand, ultimately, if you fall into the trap of that this is a Republican and Democrat thing, you don't even read the Bible. Because there are devils in the Republican Party just like there are in the Democrat Party. Are you hearing me? And they're all being used for one purpose, to stop us. Because if they stop us from preaching, there is nothing going out about God at all. The local church and the preachers of the gospel, Paul made it very clear. How can they believe in something they have not heard? And how can they hear without a preacher? And we stop there. But the next verse is, and how can he preach unless he be sent? Where are the preachers sent from? They are sent From the local church. So if you shut down the gathering. You shut down the preachers. And if you shut down the preachers. You shut down the voices. And if you shut down the voices. You shut down anything that anybody can believe in. And all that's left. Is what the devil wants. So. This current administration. I don't care if you voted for them or not, I'm going to say this. This current administration is weighing two separate national emergencies to be declared as quickly as possible because it is urgent. It is an imminent danger. These two emergencies, that if you have not heard about them, you are going to hear about them very soon. One is called a National Climate Emergency. And they have said that if the, if the president declares a national climate emergency, he has the ability then to overrule every rule and every law that is in place and force control and, and policies upon companies all over this nation. If you think gas prices are where they are now, they're nothing compared to where they would go because ultimately they're trying to get you to a car that you've got to plug in that's going to take you... 24 hours to charge, and if you like me, where well you just run sometimes that thing down, and you tell yourself, "I know I got 20 miles left, 18 miles left, I got about 10 miles left," and then I'm just gonna run in there and get me about used to get me get ten dollars, but now that's probably about enough to get out of the parking lot. But what I'm trying to say is, there's no more of that. If you're on your, if you haven't if you thought about this, if, you, if it all goes to that place and you decide at the last minute, you're sitting there watching TV with your family, you say, you know what, I got the weekend off, let's go to the beach. Well, you take off running to the beach. Well, halfway to the beach, you run out of juice. Where before, you'd run into a gas station, get some gas, and make it onto the beach. Now you got to book a room halfway. you got to find a place to charge it while you sleep that night so you can make it to the beach. Oh, and by the way, has anybody thought about the amount of electricity that's going to take to charge these? Of which 80% of our energy that we get today comes from burning coal. See, when listen, I'm not. this is not political. I'm just trying to tell you, you don't hear any of this. All you hear is the danger. Because danger, 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 danger. <gasps> oh, God, please, no, don't let this happen to my family. I'll do whatever you tell me to do so my family will be safe. That's how the enemy works. So the climate emergency is coming, and here's the big one. And this is the one that blows my mind. And I'm going to read a scripture in a minute so so everybody know that I at least preach the Bible. <laughs> Here's the next one. That is being weighed by some of the most powerful people in this nation. They are weighing to declare a national health emergency. Not because of COVID. Not because of monkeypox. But because of abortion. Listen to me. The National Health Emergency, if it goes into place, it will give authority for many things like we just went through. But it's purpose and unashamedly not even hiding it. They are saying it openly that if they do it, it is to have an executive order to restore the rights to kill unborn children because it is considered to be health care. Who would have ever imagined a nation that says, in God we trust. Who even to this day, what you might be surprised to know, has in God we trust on the back wall of the Senate. When they stand up and gavel, all the things they're gaveling, they are standing up under the Ten Commandments. They are standing up under in God we trust. God is all over Washington, D.C. Every one of the monuments that you go to has scriptures engraved into the stone. But you don't ever hear that. And you don't ever know that unless you go there and see it with your own eyes. I have. But they're wanting to declare in that same country a national emergency so that they can restore their ability to take the destiny and the life of an unborn child. Let me tell you what the ultimate goal of all of this is, is to divide us. It is to divide us as a nation along party lines. It is to divide us as a nation upon racial lines. It is to divide us upon economic lines. Everything the world does is to incite division. Because where there is division, there is chaos. Where there is unity, well, let's read the Bible. Psalm 133 says, behold how good and how pleasant it is when the brethren dwell together in unity. Watch this, not that they're Facebook friends. They live together. They worship together. I saw, every once in a while, I'll see a post in one of these groups. What's happening in Pinson, what's happening in Gardendale, some of y'all are in it. I'll see a post and say, hey, I'm new to the community, I'm looking for a church. Oh, my God, if you ever been a part of one of them? There's like 500 people trying to tell them their church is the greatest church in the world. And I love that. I, love that. I actually love that. I actually love that so many people are just so quick to just brag on what God is doing in their church. Amen? I don't have a problem with that at all. But this latest one that I saw last night was What's Happening in Gardendale. This woman said this. I mean, She might even be watching right now. She said, I'm new to the air. I'm looking for a church. That's what she said. She said, I'm looking for a church that has... Uh, powerful praise and worship that's what she says opportunities to growth and exciting things for all of my children of all ages and has a diverse and multicultural congregation hmm we need we need to we need to pray that she finds a place like that. Do any of y'all know a place like that? Huh? Hey! But I didn't bring that up for that reason. I brought that up for this reason. Because there was like, by the time I saw it, I'm not exaggerating, there's like 250 responses. And all the way down there was this one Karen, I mean, I, I'm sorry. I don't I meant I meant this one lady. If your name is Karen, I feel so sorry for you that your name has become this. But this is what she said. Good luck! She said, I've been living here for years, and when it comes, I saw that you said diverse congregation. Those don't exist anywhere in Birmingham. That was her word. You ain't gonna find one of them. Well, you know what? When I read that, you know what I thought? I thought, I didn't think bad of her. I thought bad of us. How does she not know about us? Why does she not know about solid rock? Why does this? Why is not every single chair in this place full of people who are hungry for God? It's because we have not taken ownership of this moment. That row of chairs belongs to you. Who are you going to put in it? I don't mean to mean disrespectful. I'm going to read the scripture. But listen to this. It ain't my job to fill those chairs. It's my job to equip anyone that's in them. I'm talking about not my job as a Christian It's my job as a Christian, but I'm talking about my job as a pastor. My job as a pastor is to do what I'm doing right now. You put me somebody in that chair, and I will show them the gospel. But I can't do anything with an empty chair. Take ownership. Let people know about the fire of the Holy Ghost. Let people know of all races. Nobody's exempt by the skin color of whether you think they would be welcome at your church or not. You know they would be welcome here. So don't be afraid. Well, bless God, I, you talk to them, maybe they have another race, and they might say, well, I was raised in this particular type of culture, and I'm used to this. We just say, well, guess what? You need to give my pastor a shot because it ain't what you think. He ain't some dead, dried-up cracker. Can I get an Amen. Slap your neighbor and tell them, my neighbor, my, my pastor ain't no dead cracker. It's okay. I give you permission to say it. I am not a saltine because saltines are dry. They'll suck the moisture out of your mouth the moment you eat them. I am not dead. I am not doubly plucked up. I ain't white. I ain't black. I ain't brown. I ain't red. I ain't yellow. I'm a man of God. I'm anointed by the Holy Ghost. I'm a man of God are you what is your identity <laughs> oh my god i'm tearing some devils up i can feel them squirming and some of them squirming inside of you you better watch out because i might come back here and slap your head with some oil and cast that thing out of you i ain't playing Behold how good, watch this, listen, put it up on the screen, I want you to see this. Behold how good and how pleasant it is for the brethren to dwell together. Uh Uh-oh, Psalm 133. Dwell together in unity. Somebody shout unity. That word unity is harmony. Harmony. We sing together. Some of us are black notes, some of us are white notes, some of us are major notes, some of us are minor notes, some of us are sharp notes, some of us are flat notes. But the flat mm, gets with the sharp, gets with the black, gets with the white, gets with this octave, gets with that octave, and next thing you know, you got chords. Next thing you know, you got somebody tickling the ivory. Next thing you know, you got somebody playing a song. Next thing you know, you got somebody playing a string. Next thing you know, you got them praising God on the cymbals and on the high-sounding cymbals. My God. Next thing you know, you got a song. Watch this, watch this, watch this. Here it goes, here it goes, here it goes. Here it goes. goes. Here's what unity does. It's 1137. Is that right? Man, I'm, I'm doing good. Watch this. Here's what unity does. It's like the precious oil upon the head. Somebody shout head. Now we know who the head of the body of Christ is, right? Jesus. But we also understand that when God, he's the good shepherd, the Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. Right? So our Lord is a shepherd. So what does he do? He's, he, he puts and sets a shepherd in the local house as the under-shepherd. And he makes that shepherd the head of that house. Well, it is the order of God that the oil would pour, the vision of that house, the oil would pour upon the head. Right? So, so I'm preaching under anointing that God has for this house. And the way God gets that anointing to this house is he puts it on me. And it flows out of me and onto you. Oh, there's five people that got that. The rest of y'all got offended. All right, watch this. It is like the precious oil. That word precious means holy. Precious. Costly. It costs something. Oil is produced from pressing. All you ever see from your pastor is this, most of you. But you don't see the pressing. You don't see the hell. You don't see the pressing, the pressing in, the pressing on, the pressing down that happens on the man of God, the woman of God, before they ever get up here to produce and pour the oil. They spend all week long in the wine press so that you can drink the wine. Oh, it's good preaching. It is like the precious oil upon the head. But it don't stop at the head. It is not God's will to only anoint the head. When it's in order, you want the head anointed. You want the top of the head anointed. Instead of getting mad when, when a preacher gets blessed or mad when a, when a pastor gets blessed or mad when you see somebody walking in the favor of God, you ought to be rejoicing, especially if that's somebody that's pouring into your life, that's, that's covering you. Because that means, because if God has done it, it will never stop with them. Everything that God does to the head, don't stop on the head. It is poured on the head, and it runs down on the beard. Somebody shout as loud as you can, I am the beard. It don't matter if you're a man or a woman, praise God. I'm talking to the spirit man. This ain't some kind of weird message. The spirit man. Somebody shout, I got a beard in the spirit. No, 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 that was wrong. That's wrong. Say, I am the beard of this house. Why is it important for you to be the beard, Fifi? Did you know you was the beard? Why is it important for you to be the beard? Because the beard surrounds the mouth. Oh, y'all didn't hear me. See, if you're gonna be a voice in this moment, you better have some oil on your lips. If you're gonna be a voice on your work at your workplace and in your family, you better have some oil seeping inside your mouth, getting on your tongue where you can taste it. When the oil is continuously being poured and you are positioned in the place that you need to be positioned in. How many knows when something gets on your face sometimes, it'll just get in your mouth and you'll be like, you ever had something on your hand and you thought you had washed your hands good or whatever and you just do this and it's just, all it takes is a little swipe. Now you got that bitter taste in your mouth. You can't get it out of your mouth. My God, if that can happen with the bitter, I'm telling you right now, you have no idea what can happen with the anointing. When you are positioned properly, when you are flowing properly, when you are where you're supposed to be, your beard will get so soaked that you can't get it off your lips. You can't speak negativity. You can't speak fear. You can't, oh, I feel the Holy Ghost. You can't speak bondage. You can't speak hatred. You can't speak racism. My God, I wish I had some. You can't hate your brother. You can't speak down against your brother because they don't look like you, talk like you, and act like you you can't speak down on somebody that don't have as much as you cause your lips are oily but if you ain't where you're supposed to be if you think you can do your own thing and that's what all this is about taking away the well I don't need to go to the church I am the church well are you the head, the beard, the body and all? What you the head of. Who's your beard? Who's the body that God's connected to you to help you carry out the will of God on your life? Dr. Maxwell addressed that. You think you're a leader, but look behind you. Is anybody following you? Let me tell you something, honey. You're just taking a walk. If ain't nobody behind you, if there ain't nobody following you, if there ain't nobody submitting themselves to you, you ain't what you think you are. You're self-appointed. I know people who they call themselves apostles. They call themselves prophets. And they ain't never been in the church in their life. I don't mean this detrimental. But I remember this one lady, she told me she was an apostle. God had appointed her as an apostle. She had a prayer meeting in her trailer. And for seven years, two or three people would come to her trailer. And they would have a prayer meeting, and that made her an apostle. Let me tell you something. You ain't no apostle if you ain't connected to the body. That's why the number one person that the devil wants you to get offended at in your church is your pastor. That's why, watch this. That's why they don't unfriend any of y'all, but they unfriend me. And they get more bitter and more hateful. And more bitter and more hateful because they have taken themselves out of the anointing. And watch this: if you ain't, if you ain't under the head that's being anointed, you ain't you ain't a part of the beard that's getting saturated. And your mouth will get you in trouble, cause there ain't no oil. Oh, it's good preaching. Now watch it. Pours down, runs down on the beard, the beard of Aaron. Aaron was the priest. Okay, then runs down on the edge of his garments. You see that? The head gets the anointing. The beard, which is the body of Christ, the, the leaders, I should say, the leaders that see themselves as remnant leaders, get saturated, but he don't stop with the beard. See, some people think the only ones that are anointed, you think the beard is the leadership team or the beard is the graduates of Ambassadors College or the beard is the praise team or the beard is somebody has got a badge on. The beard could never be you. Well, if you're a child of God, Paul said, no, you're not that you're all ministers of the gospel. Every one of you get grafted into the beard. Now, you could be a part of the body. You can be a thumb. You can be a finger. You, but watch this. The leaders, the voices in this moment are the beard. Now, the beard gets saturated so much that the beard can't hold it anymore. It wouldn't take a lot to saturate mine. If I didn't shave again, for the rest of my life, I might, might get something like CJ's got right now. Some of y'all don't shave in a week and y'all look like y'all on Duck Dynasty. I'm actually thankful that I'm not that way. But watch this. Runs down, it doesn't say just the garments, it says, What? Say it loud. What? That means the shirt don't just get wet. It gets soaked. And why does the psalmist make sure to say the edge? Because if it runs to the edge, if the garment is so soaked that it makes it to the edge, and they're still staying in correct position. That means that when it, the day it makes it to the edge, the next pouring, there ain't no more room for the garment to hold it. Then it begins to drip off of you and drip onto the world in which you are walking. Some of y'all getting this, some of y'all ain't getting it. So the head is the covering in your life that receives the vision in the oil. When you are positioned correctly as a leader, as a man or woman of God who sees themselves as a voice, you are the beard. You get so saturated that you begin to affect and infect and touch the lives of everyone else that's in the body, that might be a new believer, that might be growing, they might not be in the beard yet, but they are part of the body. But see, notice the pattern. Everyone is oiling someone else. The all is never for you. It's never just for you. Some people just want to come to church and get something for themselves. You are selfish. You are not kingdom-minded because if all you do is come and get something for you, you can't affect the garment. You can't affect the ones that are struggling, that might not know what you know, but God has put you in a place of influence in the body to keep pouring. Your pastor pours into the beard. The beard pours into the body. The body gets so soaking wet that the garments begin to get soaked. And the soap, the, the garment said, wait a minute, this ain't just about us. I live in a neighborhood. I work on this job there's people going to hell that's not a part of this body they need what I got so you keep yourself in position until you start soaking and when you leave the room there's a residue of the anointing left behind you my God when you leave when you go through the checkout in Walmart the cashier says I don't know why I'm asking you this but will you pray for me I don't know why my God you're you see somebody across the restaurant excuse me ma'am I don't mean to interrupt your food but the lord just told me to tell you god's gonna save your baby my god are you hearing me? what did you think was going to happen on a sunday morning after our teenagers pushed through hell and my my god went through all the all the crap that they have to go through and fought for their families and fought for their church and didn't run into the hands of the devil but declared themselves to be remnant. A child shall lead them. I don't care if I preach three hours every Sunday. You know what you get when you come here. You know where you're at right now. And I don't think any of the remnant is, is squirming in their seat ready to go eat right now. I think you I think you are receiving. Pray for all bladders. All bladders, stop That's enough. Only until it's over. Then you are released. Your influence. The garments. The edge of your garments. The oil running off the edge of the garments is your influence. Tonight, that's why you need to be here tonight. You need to see what God is doing in your life that you didn't even know. These are pastors that some of them saw some Facebook connected with some people in our network. I want what you have. And now, these do you realize some of the ones that we are ordaining tonight have been pastors in denominations for years. They love their denominations. They're not excommunicating themselves from their denominations, but they're not getting the fire from their denominations. So they're leaving national and and saying, these national organizations are not giving me what I need. What I need is relationship, but what I need is the fire. I want to be a part of the fire of the Holy Ghost. I want to be a remnant of this moment. So they're locking up, and they're going to be in this house tonight because they want what's in this house. They want the oil. And then what happens? Watch what happens. This I've preached this so many times I ain't never seen it. Remember I told you Daniel said, Sill up the day until the days that knowledge shall increase. Revelation is going to come to preachers that are in the remnant like I've never seen it. I don't know how many times I've quoted this. This It's the only three verses in the whole chapter. I don't know how many times I've preached it. I've never seen it like I've seen it this, this morning. Do you understand? I want to show you something. This is my sermon. This. Right here. Is what God dropped in my spirit in this office 10 minutes before I walked out here and said, this is what you're going to say to your people. What's this? Running down. Remember, it starts with the head. Where does it go next? Where does it go next? Body and garments. Next verse. Running down the edge of the garments. Next verse. Verse 3. What's this. It is like the dew of Hermon descending upon the mountains of Zion. For there, somebody shout there. There the Lord commanded the blessing. Somebody shout, Lord, command the blessing over my life. Oh, say it again. Somebody say, command the blessing over my life. Is this a good word this morning? But watch this. You don't get to take a shortcut. You don't get to the commanded blessing without unity. And you don't get to unity without a head. You don't get to unity without being a part of a beard or connected to a beard. You don't get to unity without being a part of a body or connected to a body. You don't get to unity without walking in the remnant oil that causes you to fall on your face and get repented. Repent of your sins and get right with God to be a part of the body. But all that comes when the church is properly positioned. And I dare say this and I don't dare say this. I boldly say this. We have not been positioned correctly for generations. But if anything that's good that's come out of this mess that we've been a part of for the last few years, it has caused us to have a desire to position ourselves correctly with God. Because watch this. If you are connected, this is, this is all about, this is the plan of the enemy to take you away. the gathering because without the gathering there's not the head without the gathering there's not the voices and the leaders and the elders and the deacons and the men and the women of god and the spiritual fathers and the mothers of the house of the beard speaking into your life pouring in your life putting speaking with anointed oily lips and tongues speaking life into you that infects you and you begin to get wet you begin to get soaked with the anointing oil of god and that anointing oil of god begins to flow down you and it begins to spill over to you and it begins to infect everybody else around you watch what happens when the church does that It then becomes so infected. Because if I do that, if I'm soaking wet with the anointing and you're soaking wet with the anointing and the person next to you is soaking wet with the anointing and this whole house is soaking wet with the anointing, guess what happens? It begins to build a pool of the anointing. Huh? You ever heard of how we get rain? Say it loud. Evaporation. Did y'all go to school? Y'all done forgot it's been so long? Evaporation, condensation, precipitation. So here's the thing. We are crying out for the latter rain. But what we forgot is the latter. Y'all ain't going to be able to handle this. The latter rain is not a rain of water. It's a rain of oil. It's a supernatural rain because if you limit your mind to only think of rain in the natural, because one's a planting rain, one's a harvest rain, and I know, I know it also is water symbol, symbolic of the Holy Spirit. I'm not negating any of that. I know that's all scriptural and biblical. But I'm telling you right now, it is the all of God that is the weightiness of the glory. So God said, "There's going to be a generation that's correctly positioned that will receive from heaven." the oil that will hit the head the men and the women of God that God is raising up all over this house not for personal gain but to be a voice and to be a fivefold ministry to equip and that all will run down into the beard the elders, the deacons, the leaders the car parkers, the nursery workers the worshipers, the youth pastors the children's workers, the nurse workers are y'all hearing me? and then it will begin to infect the body and soak the body and when people decide to have the guts to finally visit the church they will walk in they will not need a good sermon they will not need to love the song they will not worry about the sound system they will not worry about that the air condition is not fixed yet because all they can think of is I just feel something getting on me there's just something getting on me I, I don't I don't even I'm not thinking about no air I'm not thinking about that song I've just there's just something I can feel it getting on me begin to see that happening all around the world then there begins to be a rising ezekiel's river is a river of water we understand that but i want to submit to you that that the water and the oil are synonymous it represents the glory there's a reason why when somebody comes up for prayer the bible says if you're sick if there's any sick among you let them call for thee." Watch this Elders of the church. Notice he didn't say call for the pastor, not even call for the leader, because already in place, they were already correctly positioned in place. Paul knew in every house, I don't have to pray for everybody. There are men and women of God in that house that are just as anointed as me. But without the anointing, they're nothing. Without the anointing, I'm nothing. So he says, Watch this, there is no power. There is nothing magical about this. All this is is to remind us of what is flowing through us and on us. And that without the oil of God, we are nothing. Have I preached two hours yet? Are you still with me? You're going to eat good today. You've already ate good. What's this? If you are covered and you are dripping, and you are dripping you are dripping and we're all dripping and all of a sudden Ezekiel says in the temple there began to be the river began to rise are y'all hearing me? it was we measured it and it was ankle deep and then it kept rising we measured it again it was waist deep and it kept rising where was it rising? it was rising in the temple Go back and read it. It was rising in the temple. We measured it again in the temple. Then it was over our heads. And we could not stand anymore. We could only swim in it. But God said, I didn't fill Ezekiel's temple just so they could do the backstroke in the anointing. I filled it so that the structure that man had built would be exposed That at some point the oil would be so heavy in that place. Go back and read Ezekiel's River. The Bible says that the post of the door began to shake. That meant when you studied it, it begins to mean it begins to say, it began to give way. They began to bend under the weight of the pressure. Because how many knows the more pressure you put in? the more pressure expands. Are y'all hearing me? And it began to expand and expand and expand until man's way of doing it could not hold it any longer. And the Bible said the doors busted wide open and the oil came out the doors of the temple and went into the streets. Are y'all hearing me? Here it is, here it is, my closing point. When the church is positioned correctly, the oil is flowing and filling, and, and, and the body is soaked, and we're filling it up, guess what happens? There begins to be a pool. Now, now, at some point in the remnant, there begins to be so much oil that it begins to evaporate and go up into the heavenlies and there's holy ghost clouds begin to form and the precipitation that is going to come back in the last days where he pours his spirit out on all flesh it's going to be a result of the evaporation going up to God him taking it holding it oh I feel the Holy Ghost remember remember what the prophet said I remember I used to tell Delane in the tent to go run outside the tent and see if he could see any clouds in the sky he'd come back in he'd say I don't see nothing I don't see nothing and finally on that seventh time he came back he said well wait a minute I did see something I saw a cloud In the shape of a man's hand. It just hit me today, brother. The reason it was the shape of a man's hand is because God was desiring to take what was going up and put it in his hand because everything we see in the natural is a a physical representation of what actually exists in the spirit. So there's spiritual clouds. Come on, are y'all hearing me? There's spiritual wind. There's spiritual rain. My God, I feel the Holy Ghost. So I'm telling you, when the remnant begins to send up their praises through that oil, it's invisible. Just like evaporation is invisible. The world can't see it. We can't see all around us right now. Moisture is being evaporated. That will into rain that will turn but it's happening all around us in the spirit realm, we can't see what, what the person next to you is sending up but God can see it and he's got his hand and he's been, he's been gathering it he's been gathering it he's been gathering it and in the last days when we get the commanded blessing it's going to be a result of a place where n- not just rain but you can't even walk through the mountain without getting wet something's just on you because there's a mist there's a Because God is bringing all things full circle. And I want to ask you a question. How did the condensation or the precipitation, I should say, get to the garden in the beginning? Not from rain. There was a dew and a mist that came up. Are y'all getting this word this morning? Every bit of what I just preached to you for two hours, God spoke to me in ten minutes in my office and said, "You go tell them. I'm bringing. I'm bringing it all. I'm not just bringing it back to Adam and Eve." I'm not just bringing it back to walking in the cool of the day. I'm bringing it back to the mist. I'm bringing it back. Because when it's a mist, it's everywhere. You have ever been driving down the road and see a storm coming? and going, going, that's a lot of rain right there. It won't be like that. Remember he said, upon all flesh that means every single human when this thing fully hits I don't care what they believe and what they don't believe they will be forced to make a decision by what they feel that they are walking in around them, they will not be able to identify but they will be able to know something is different because God is bringing all things full circle I'm talking about full circle I didn't get to preach my message. It was just as powerful as this. I think I, if I don't hush right now, I will preach it. I'm gonna shut up. I'm gonna shut up, Sandy. Ready to do the announcements? I'm gonna shut up. Come stand beside me. Hold me accountable. It's all on me. Now, everywhere I go, this has been happening. People are scared to have me back now because I preached two hours. It ain't because I want to preach two hours. It's because I understand this may be the last time I ever get to preach. One of the greatest men of God to ever live in our generation was the evangelist Steve Hill was a guest preacher on Father's Day in a church called Brownsville Assembly of God in Pensacola, Florida. What he didn't realize is that for over a year, every day they had been laying on their face, fasting and praying for God to send revival. He walked straight in to an atmosphere that was soaked. He called people to the altars and they ran to the altars as, as this young Teenage girl sang this song. I'm running, I'm running, I'm running to the mercy seat where Jesus is calling. His grinning face would feel me come. Um, she'd sing it every Sunday. Revival broke out, and for years it never stopped. This week, I was looking on. YouTube, I've come across a one minute short of Steve Hill. One of the last messages that he preached at Brownsville. Now, he went on to pastor a church in Texas. But he's gone now. One of the greatest voices of our generation. He's gone. He died. He's not with us like many of the other generals. When I heard this, I said, God, I'll never worry again. I'll respect people's time. I will not take advantage, but I'll never worry again. Listen to what he
0: said. I want, you to let, I want to let you know how I look at revival as the evangelist and pastor looks at it the same way as the pastor of Brownsville. We don't take any service lightly. Every service, I crawl into this building and I say, Jesus. Would you just come down one more time? We don't ever take for granted the presence of God, and you shouldn't either. I don't ever take for granted preaching the Word of God. I know tonight's message could be the very last message that I preach. I could drop dead of a heart attack. I could be killed on the way home. This could be the very last message. And every morning when I get up to prepare a message, I know that this could be the very last one. And nothing is frivolous. You don't take anything for granted every point has got to be crucial everything that's said has got to be from the holy ghost i don't want anything i don't want to taint the pure message that comes from god tonight and that's why we pray over these times and we spend time before the lord and and you should be the very same way this is not a frivolous time you're in the presence of god
1: give the lord a praise if you agree